Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host. He is the ape man. He is the walrus. Cuckoo kachoo. It's Micah. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> You don't like the Beatles from that era, do you? I do not like the Beatles from that era. No, I'm much more of a Mophead Beatles fan. Yeah, I don't know why. I just like the simplicity of Love Me Do and uh, Hold Your Hand, all that era. I don't know. It was nice and catchy, and the songs were only two minutes long. Before they got weird? Yeah, before they got into all the the fun stuff. Any Beatles song longer than two minutes is too much for me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy so crazy uh so what are we getting into today thor all right today we are talking about the 2015 musical um i believe it's still going it came to disney plus in 2020 so it could be distributed to the masses the phenomenon that kind of took america by storm the musical hamilton hmm. from lynn manuel miranda uh, he wrote the musical as well as he stars in it as Alexander Hamilton. One of our founding fathers fought in the Revolutionary War, the first secretary of the Treasury under George Washington. Yeah, pretty big figure historically. Yes. Yeah. And admittedly, I knew very, very little about him prior yeah. to watching this. Yeah, I would say he often doesn't get talked about. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda said uh, essentially in the early 2000s, he wrote a or read a book simply entitled Alexander Hamilton. It was a biography about him. Yeah. That's what inspired him to write this. And it took uh, about eight years. He started writing it in 2008 hmm. and started as an off-Broadway play in, or musical rather, in 2015. So altogether about seven or eight years for it all to come together. And he originally kind of thought it was just going to be like a hip-hop album. Yeah. He thought it was going to be an album and then turned it into a musical? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, kind of his first um, how, thing. How do you feel like a, a hip-hop album about Alexander Hamilton would have gone over? I mean, I don't think we'd be talking about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. if I'd ever have heard of it, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we'd be talking about it either. That's just a, an interesting an interesting thought to make it that. Yeah. And I don't know if... So he actually produced a... Uh, created and produced another musical 
in before Hamilton. Let me let me take a pause real quick. Let's find that. Uh, before Hamilton called In the Heights. Um, I'm not honestly sure what it is what that's about. In um, the Heights was his as well? Yep. Interesting. Okay. The story is set over the course of three days involving characters in the largely Dominican-American neighborhood of Washington Heights in Upper Manhattan. Yeah, that. so we started watching that. My wife and I started re- watching that recently. What's funny is we watched Hamilton, and then we started watching that, and I'm like, this has real big Lin-Manuel vibes. I didn't take the time to research anything about it, so that's that's very interesting that he did that. Yeah, that's what he did before Hamilton. That was kind of his first success in in the realm of theater. Okay. A theater. A theater. As, yeah. <laughs> as uh, James Lipton would say, theater. theater. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got a style of music that he makes, because he did Moana, and he also did Encanto. Um, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, so with Encanto especially, there's a lot of overlapping singing that's going on. And I think that that's something that he likes to do as far as in his writing, musically and lyrically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Moana, Encanto, Vivo. I don't know what Vivo is. I, is I think that that might be a Netflix movie. I think. Yeah. Dude, he's got some chops. Yeah. Like, he, he's rolling in it right now. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's doing well for himself. He can act. He can write music. I mean, he's. He was even in the Mary Poppins reboot. Really? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen uh, his Dark Materials on HBO Max? Uh, some of it. They're He's re- in that too. Yeah. 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 He plays the air balloon yeah, captain. Yeah, that's right. He's so good in that. Yeah, that's right. I didn't finish the first season of that. That's so good. It was, it was one of those things where I started watching it, but again, Ashley wasn't really into it. And I don't know about you, but if if I'm watching something and Ashley's not into it, then it becomes tough for me to really finish it. Yeah, no, I get that. Just because when we sit down and we want to watch something, I don't want to watch something that she doesn't want to watch. So I've got to be in the mood to watch a show when she's doing something else. And it just, you know. Yeah, no, we're we're kind of the same. Like, I, like if me and Kendra are hanging out, like, at home, if we're watching TV, it's usually together. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to go into a different room just to watch TV by myself. I, yeah. I don't know. But in any case, yeah. So... Hamilton, smash hit, uh, worldwide phenomenon. Critics and fans, people just can't say enough about how much they love this. Yeah. But the important question today is, Micah, how do you feel about Hamilton? Give us your first impressions. <sighs> okay, so, yeah, Ashley has been bugging me to watch this for a while. And then... Thor gives me the task of watching it. So Ashley and I watched it together because she really enjoys this. I saw her watching it a little bit on her own, um, doing, you know, while I was doing something else in the house. Didn't pay any attention to it. And so when I was watching it, uh, my initial thoughts were, this is all right. This is not bad. Um, It's a musical, and musicals are kind of hit or miss for me. Sometimes they're great, and sometimes I don't like them. Uh, Sweeney Todd, great. However, I don't know. Now that I'm trying to think about it and find a musical I don't like, I'm having a tough time. (laughs) So maybe I actually like musicals. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, 
Uh, this but one, you're not you're not a musical aficionado for sure. You like one when you hear one, but you're not yeah out I, seeking. Yeah, them. I don't go. Ooh, that's a musical. I want to go see that, that one. That's kind of the same spot I'm at. Yeah. So I was watching it, and it was fine. It was fine up until the moment where uh, where Alexander Hamilton meets his wife, the middle Schuyler sister, and then they have their wedding, and then the eldest Skylar sister sings her flashback song about him never being satisfied in that whole era of storytelling and song combined hooked me in i thought that that was so well done my some of my favorite performances in all of this thing are eliza and angelica eliza i think is the best part of this whole thing She's incredible. And, but yeah, no, that exactly. Angelica's not only can she sing incredibly, but there is rapping all throughout this. Mm -hmm. That specific, that act, I think stands out. That song stands out as some of the most top notch rap. It gives me Lauren Hill vibes. And we, we talked about the Fugees. That was one of my first recommendations to you. Yeah. You know, I love me some Lauren Hill. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, she like, she raps so quick and it was pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. No, that song. So that's when you got hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Once that happened, I'm like, all right. And I just kind of like sank into the couch a little bit more. Honestly, (laughs) that's when the story starts picking up steam too. Cause the first, you know, the, the first two songs really are kind of about, just his they're giving you the backstory on of, on Hamilton. You yeah. know, he was he was born essentially a bastard. I believe in like the Bahamas or the Caribbean okay. um, at that time. So it was to a British like a British officer. Gotcha. Stationed somewhere stationed in the there. in the Caribbean area. Okay. And then was eventually orphaned and he was taken in by a kind of like a merchant. I tell you what, man, the um the story as it progressed, the narrative was super interesting. It was super interesting to to watch and listen. This is something that I had to watch with subtitles on. I felt like if I didn't, then I don't think I would have absorbed a lot of the content. I forgot to suggest that to you when I recommended it. Yeah. But yeah, the first time I watched this, I somebody had told me, hey, watch it with subtitles because they're rapping and they rap quick. So you will miss some of it if you don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm really <clears throat> thankful that I did. Uh, cause it, it just let me take in a lot. Um, so my, yeah, once, once that scene happened, the, the directing and the choreography of that, where she's recounting her thoughts and kind of giving you her, her backstory, uh, as to why she introduced Hamilton to Eliza and her thought process, thought it was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating how they did that. Yeah. Um, I would say personally, I don't think that it got better than that through the whole thing. Not to say that the rest of it was bad or not good, but for me, that was such a cool scene. So that's your favorite scene, though? I think so. That's yeah. pretty cool. I thought it was just, I don't know. Mm. I really, really enjoyed how they used lighting and choreography to break up the past and separate her from her entire surrounding. I just thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, they do a lot of that in the show. That It's a very... You know, they have a big set, but for the most part, it's very minimalist. There's yeah, it's really not empty. a not a ton to it. Probably the most intricate thing is they just have a like a ring around the stage that spins and they use that 
a lot. And they use it to pretty great effect, yes. I think. Yeah, absolutely. They are very creative with that. But um yeah, dude, as once that happened, I was hooked. I was in. I was I was paying attention to everything. They got me. And I, I really enjoyed the character development and the purpose the purposeful separation between Alexander Hamilton as a character and the way that he was written and comparing it to uh, who is the dude that shot him? I forget his name. Aaron Burr. Yeah, Aaron Burr. And the way that they wrote him and how Aaron Burr was always like on the fence, keep things close to the chest. That way, regardless of which way the chips fall, you can land on that side. Yeah, and that's really Burr. So, folks, fair warning. I mean, I'm not going to say spoiler alert because we're talking about <laughs> American history, but th- this podcast is going to be... This one, not we're, you know, we're gonna try to stick to the actual musical. Yeah. But we're not gonna be able to talk about this without actually diving into this. So this is gonna be a little bit of a history podcast and a little bit of a pop culture review podcast. That's right. Get um, wrecked. The best history podcast on the net. That's right. But yeah, no, it's a fascinating story. Um, and I love. That's kind of one of the reasons I really love this. Is I love history. Specifically, I love American history. Yeah. And even more specifically, I love this time period of American history. like The Revolutionary War time? Well, really, like the second act is right after the war. Oh, like the so... first 20 to 30 years, once it's like, okay, we're a country now. Yeah. Now we have to figure out how to actually govern. It's yeah. such a fascinating time. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit on the history stuff. All right. But yeah, that is... <laughs> I mean, that really was Burr, Yeah, uh, is that he was a, he kind of, whichever way the wind blew, yeah, that was him. He was definitely a fence sitter. And that was kind of like the core of Hamilton's issue with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they do a really great job of not just, because Hamilton is essentially cast as like the protagonist. Yeah. I mean, obviously the show is named after him. Which would mean the guy who killed him, Aaron Burr, yeah. is the antagonist. You would think. But yeah. they do a great job of kind of showing you both sides of the story. Sure, yeah. And also of seeing that story play out. Because they don't start off as enemies or rivals. And, and I would even say that they're not enemies or rivals through most of the story. Like They, they don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But... It's not like they hate each other. It's not until the very end when the whole scandal thing kind of gets in the way and they kind of boot Hamilton out of the out of the public eye that he comes out and has his big disagreement with yeah. him. Yeah. Well, and really what it was was Hamilton cost him the presidency. Yeah. They don't fully explain it in the but what happened is the electoral college was essentially tied between Jefferson and Burr. And Hamilton gave his support to Jefferson, even though Jefferson was instrumental in essentially getting, you know, making him resign and, you know, essentially ruining his reputation. But he was like, at least Jefferson stands for something. I don't don't like the man, but he is moral. And he is, you know, Jefferson was undeniably one of the great thinkers of sure. of the founding fathers so he backed him and then 
that that is essentially how Burr ended up losing the presidency. Right. What a baller move, too, by the way. Like, I would say that he was probably on better terms with with Burr than Jefferson based off of that. Seems like they had known each other a lot longer. Yeah. yeah, uh, Certainly more history between them, or at least that's how the, again, I didn't do much research of actual historical context of Uh this, but it seemed like from the play that he valued taking a stance so much, and that's a running theme through the whole play, through the whole musical, is him taking a stance, going for it. He's not going to miss his shot. Um, that Burr not doing that was so egregious to him that he's like, you know what? You don't stand for anything. Exactly. And just the fact that he was willing to say, I don't like this man, but he at least has a moral compass. Yep. Hamilton was uh, principled to a fault. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... I don't know if it came across another thing. I don't know if it came across clear and we're going to jump around story wise, but when the whole, the details of his affair and that he was blackmailed for it mm-hmm. came about, he released all that. Yes. Yeah. That did kind of seem so that yeah, I did. He really, he released to essentially get ahead of it. Yeah. But like, didn't consult his wife or anything. He was like, "I just want everybody to know that I was black. I cheated on my wife and I was blackmailed, but I didn't do anything illegal." <laughs> he was so principled that he was like, "I need people to know that I'm a good guy. I didn't steal the government's money." Yeah. <laughs> but his wife I... wasn't such a fan of that move. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. What a what a thing to do to. I mean, the relationship between him and his wife had to have been a strain on Eliza, I would think, through time. Um, they never really brought that to the forefront of the of the musical up until the affair happened and that that all came out. Then there was a big thing. But at least in the musical with Eliza, she was always very like, I just want to be part of your life. Like, I want to be present in your life. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to be part of your story. And Hamilton was such a go-getter that he's like, yeah, I love you, but we're starting a country, hun, and (laughs) they need me over, you know? (laughs) And so he would just... You're being a real mouthy broad right now. I'm going to go start a country. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But I I enjoyed the kind of reoccurring callbacks and the common themes between the two about what a great time it is to be alive right now. What an amazing thing that's happening right now. And that those lines were repeated multiple times and often they were referring to different things. Yeah. One of the awesome things about this musical is it does, it constantly uses recurring themes and recurring lines and recurring music um, from one scene to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like callbacks on callbacks and it, it's all this huge culminated story. It makes sense. It took him eight years to make this thing. Yeah. Because it's so intricate in how it all fits together and how a song from three scenes ago will get brought back up in the scene that's currently going on and how it kind of shows this, this evolution of the story Yeah. within the music and the lines themselves. Yeah, there's a certain build up through it too which which i think i think honestly is is a good device to say hey remember this plot point 
right here. And I think having those lines interjected through the whole thing honestly helped me remember those parts where I'm like, oh, that's why this part's important. Because it is kind of like, if you look at this in the context of just the story itself, it's kind of a dense, like, yeah, there's a lot uninteresting story. Like, it's just the story about a politician in the late 1700s. Yeah. It's, that's, but... you know what I mean? And yes, that was a, in, at least from my perspective, a very fascinating time. But, like, it's, you know, it's not dragons and fighting. And mo- <laughs> there's not sure. monsters and wizards or there's not some crazy overarching plot. Yeah. It's just a retelling of history, which I think can sometimes be dense. Absolutely. And so, and they're just telling a very, in many ways, just a very personal story as well. So I agree. Yeah. I think the callbacks help remind you of why that's relevant and you know, why the plot point is important. Yeah. In the context that it is. Yeah. I thought it was very, a very useful tool. And I think too, for somebody who did not know the history of it, I, I wondered about, the purpose of the play, musical, whatever, in that I think that he did this and wrote this so that it would appear to the mass audience or the mass public. But it, I'm, I'm wondering if he did it because it's like, this needs to be known. This guy's history needs to be more prevalent in American history. He needs more recognition. So let's use a device... Because doing a doing a musical, but then you doing a lot of like rap and R and B as a musical is not very commonly done. Yeah, and so I think musically this stood out, and then contextually it stood out as well. And I think that that was done on purpose so that you could make the history um, palatable for a general audience. Do you want to hear what Manuel uh, Miranda said about oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah, hit me uh, with it. It's very concise, and I think perfect. He described Hamilton as about America then as told by America now. Huh. That's it. And um, I think it would be easy for people to be like, because the majority of this cast, you know, they're playing the founding fathers and, Mm -hmm. you know, the essentially soldiers and, and people in positions of power in the late 1700s. They were all white. Yeah. And... The majority of the cast is is not white. They're, you know, black and Latino. Sure. Yeah, it's a pretty diverse um, mix. It's a very diverse cast. And I think it would be easy for people to say, oh, it's just that's woke culture and it has some and it was <laughs> never like I've heard him talk about it and it was never meant to be that. It was yeah. just like he's like, This is our history too. So we're you know, we're all so it's sure. like so we yes, it was an intentional choice to not cast a bunch of white people to play a bunch of old white guys, but it wasn't meant to be like any kind of political message or anything like that. It was literally him being like America is, this is the history of America and America is much more diverse than it used to be. So yeah. Was it a thing where they picked the best people for the job? Like they picked the best actors for the role that they were playing. I would assume, and I think, but I think it wasn't, it was intentionally cast diverse. Okay. Um, but not in the sense of like trying to make some political statement or anything. I think he's just like, this is a neat idea. 
Gotcha. From any interviews or anything I've seen with him talking about it, yeah, um, that kind of seems to be the case. Now, I could be mis- misunderstanding that. I'm not an expert on this play by any means. <laughs> yeah. So, so with that, and I don't know, for me, seeing people uh, of different ethnicities and different races playing what probably would not be a diverse cast, really. Yeah. Um. Oh, well. Like, like yeah. oh, well. And to me... If it's if it's done in New York City, and that's I'm guessing that that's where this was recorded, maybe not. Yeah, but, Broadway, I believe. Yeah, um, New York City is like one of the most diverse places in the world. Yeah, and it's where a lot of the best talent is in in plays and in musicals. Like that's where you go. You go to New York to to get on Broadway. So I think that people being cast in plays is different often than people being cast in movies in that in that like this is a role to play and if you've got like the right voice and the right tone like there are many 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 plays where peter pan is played by a female what but no but but Joe Biden's taking Peter, Peter Pan from you now too. <laughs> but you know, this it's kind of crazy. Um, Peter Pan wasn't wasn't a girl, so I, I don't know. Just to me, was it a bunch of white dudes who were cast? No. Does that matter to me? Not really, because it was entertaining. And as long as they're not trying to shove any political ideology down my no. throat, then. Just take it for what it is. No, it's like, not. It's, it's a musical, and it was good to listen to. Yeah, no, <laughs> I did. I because I do think that's an interesting part that we have to talk. You know what I mean? Is the casting, and it, it is unique. It's like, even though it's a bunch of people who don't physically look like Jefferson or Washington. Yeah, I think that's just an interesting choice, and it really was just done out of love in the sense of like, we're much more diverse than we used to be, and it's like this is our history too, so yeah. we're gonna tell. It. Yeah. Um, which which I liked. I mean, it didn't do any... It's not like they portrayed people in a negative light. No, I think like, they portrayed people very fairly. Yeah, honestly. I do too. I really do. I think the only person that they probably didn't portray in a good light was King George. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my next note is... So after you get the Eliza and uh, Angelica, the Skylar sisters, and Peggy... Yeah. Peggy doesn't get much love. I guess she not wasn't all. too important in that. But... Um, is then you get King George comes out and does his first. And how do you feel about the fact that they always have just King George come out on his own? I love it. Be- because he was across the ocean. Yeah. So he didn't actually have any, you know, interaction with yeah. them. Yeah, I love it because it was it was basically just a glimpse of, oh, this is what Britain thinks about what's going on. But it's across the ocean. It's probably all the information that the Americans would have gotten in that time frame anyway. They're like, oh, King George is pissed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and he was kind of a a good characterization or like a caricature of what King George probably was. I don't again, I don't know much about King George yeah. as a whole. I want to give the guy proper shout out. His name is Jonathan Groff. Oh, yeah, he's great. Is the uh, guy- you know what else he was in? No. Frozen. He plays Kristoff, who is Anna's love interest. He's the ice seller who has the moose. I'm sorry, the reindeer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's him. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. He's incredible. And, like, 
the first one you get, he does the song, you'll be back soon, you'll see, which yeah. is such a funny song. Yeah. Because it's like a love song. Like, it's like a breakup song. <laughs> right. Just with this. with this. Yeah, but it's about two countries. Yeah. It's King George, but it's like a breakup song. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. But he is so intense in that song. Mm-hmm. At one point, like, he's, like, so mad that, like, spit comes out of his mouth and it just stays on his lip the whole time. And he's just staring at the audience. Yeah. It's so intense. And I don't know if, because on Broadway, they typically uh, do six shows a week and have one night off a week. And you that's do this lot. you do this for months. Yeah. Yeah, that's typically, like, Broadway is grueling. The people yeah. who get on a big Broadway show like this, it is tough. They work hard, but like when you get to see them, you know, they've done this many, many times. They really are dialed in. Right. So when I see that, I'm curious because what you see on Disney plus is a recording of one show that happened on a particular night. I wonder if he always spits every time he does that (laughs) or if he just was like, just happened to be jazzed up that night. Just really into it. Whatever it was. But yeah, it's so intense. Yeah, I also really enjoyed that song. The dude's a great singer. He incredible. He was also, I believe he was in Glee. And he had like a small role in Glee. And he was also in another Netflix series called Mindhunter. Okay, I've never seen that. I've heard the name. It's a pretty good one. It's a it's pretty dark content-wise. It's basically the very beginnings of psychological profiling that the fbi does okay and so he plays one of the three people who are in basically inventing that whole philosophy yeah i'm looking up his imdb he has a lot of credits yeah he's got some like he's got some chops frozen invincible uh the matrix resurrection who was he in invincible rick sheridan okay that means nothing to me i think maybe the gay best friend Oh. I, I don't. I don't know though. I off okay. the top of my head, yeah. I'm not sure. But in any case, yeah. So that he guy great. is. He is. He was great. Talented, and yeah, he can sing. Yeah. I mean, he, he is. He really awesome. can. Honestly, I think that the cast was really, really well done. The dude who played Lafayette, and then ended up playing uh, Thomas Je- Jefferson. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Dude, Man, was that guy talented? He's my favorite. Is he? I love him. <laughs> so much he's so animated the whole time like and i get it like that is not how thomas jefferson was you know what i mean they take a lot of liberties obviously um but i feel like some of them are the character archetype is probably closer to like the actual person his are so (laughs) over the top and wild yeah because he's like jumping around a lot it made me want to see he is the epitome of cool Oh yeah, yeah. As far as this goes, yeah, it made me, it made me kind of want our founding fathers to act like that a little bit. Yeah, right. Just to see how wild it would have been, because our founding fathers, in a different way, were very wild. Like the whole fact that they would just, you know what, we're dueling. Get your pistol. Yes. Get your. Oh second. yeah, we'll get we'll get into the duels. Yeah, yeah. So you get to see King George, and then the next scene is when you first meet the general George Washington, mm-hmm. and essentially. Uh, he hires Hamilton on to be um, essentially his scribe. And Hamilton, his whole thing was like he grew up an orphan and he worked hard as hell to go to college. 
uh, King's College, I believe is where he went. And he just wanted to make a name for himself. He's like, I got one shot. I'm going to take it. Yeah. He stood for something. Real that, Eminem vibes. Yeah, exactly. He really is like, <laughs> he, he's like real mom spaghetti vibes. <laughs> but yeah. And so he goes to Washington. He's like, give me command of like some troops. Let yeah. me prove how I'm worth. And Washington's like, your mind is worth so much more than you'll be in battle. And yeah. and uh, hired him essentially as like a scribe and like a speechwriter. I mean, maybe not a speechwriter at that point, but um, hired him as a scribe. I love the guy who played Washington. I he feel was like good. because um, when people talk about George Washington, they think the false teeth, the cherry tree, you know, yeah. and obviously the fat, you know, the first president and stuff. But he was an imposing figure. He was a very tall guy, and they got the person who played him was taller. That was an imposing. Gotcha. Like an older, it was kind of older than all the other actors on the stage. Sure. I feel like the casting for Washington was perfect. Yeah. I think that it's interesting that they didn't make them wear any wigs. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting choice. I don't know. I kind of liked it though at the same time. And again, I think part of it is to, to make it approachable for, uh, for everybody. Right? Yeah. It would probably seem stuffy if they were wearing yeah. the dumb wigs. Exactly. They're like, why, why should I go watch? This is probably some dumb thing about history. And actually it's a cool thing about history because history is cool. Kids. History is the coolest. <laughs> yeah. Once I figured out in high school that history was basically just war. I was like, you know what? I kind of like history class. Jeez. Not that I like war, but it's interesting to hear about and, just you know yeah like for sure the 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 gears that well and honestly war a couple hundred years ago kind of seems fun <laughs> a I little mean... bit <laughs> i mean as long yeah. as you didn't get hit like, yeah now you're behind a fun. drone you got desks and you're doing all things through <laughs> satellites nah man i want to i want a nice long flintlock rifle with a with a sword attached yeah. to it I want to line up in a row and just shoot each other. That's how war should be. Oh, yeah. And then they get into... So some of the ones I wanted to point out and talk about, um, the first time where they introduced the concept of a duel. They do the song, The Ten Rules of a Duel. Yeah. What did you think about that one? I thought it was awesome. I thought that it was a really... Because the song, I don't think it was very, very long, but they Short. they explained a lot lyrically and it moved pretty quick but i felt like a lot of information got covered in a very short amount of time it was super efficient yeah so so spoiler alert um hamilton dies in a duel but <laughs> once again that happened a couple hundred years ago yeah. but this scene takes place where essentially somebody was critical of washington and his tactics for uh, winning the war because at this point the americans were not doing well it was looking grim well and washington really didn't have a lot of victories under his belt no. as a general yeah no the revolutionists were taking a beating mm -hmm. and this guy who hamilton thought he should have been given command and instead this other guy was given command um what's his name let's see uh can't i didn't write it down yeah in any case he doesn't matter doesn't matter he essentially, uh, he got into one battle and then he retreated and essentially. And then, uh, he was relieved of command and he started bad mouthing Washington. 
and somebody else challenged that guy to a duel and Hamilton was his second, which is essentially like a steward for the duel. Um, and so that's where they, they explain, and they use this device, it's kind of foreshadowing, to explain the rules of a duel. Because that song will come back again in a different way. They, you know, amorphize it later when Hamilton himself has a duel, or his yeah. son has a duel. Right? Yep. Here's the thing to know about, at this point in history, duels were to still technically legal in some of the states but had generally fallen out of favor and were kind of considered barbaric and they were illegal in a number of states because at that point we're still a confederation of states the constitution has not been ratified we're still at war fighting for you know fighting for independence from the british sure so it's this loose confederation of states so the and obviously different laws duels had kind of fallen out of favor but they still were technically legal in some states. So they're laying out the rules because in order for the duels to be legal, you had to follow these, you know, specific rules. Sure. You know, this was a legally binding (laughs) engagement. Yeah. (laughs) Shooting at each other with muskets. Like the formality of what's, you know, like, uh, you know what? We're dueling. Let's get the papers. I challenge you to a duel. Let's sign them. Let's sign them right now. Yeah, so it was a yeah, a matter of honor. That's what they would do. Yeah. Washington's pissed. He's like, dude, I don't need you to defend me. Yeah. And Hamilton's, but he was talking shit, dude. Yeah. He's talking mad shit about yeah. you, Washington. You're my bro. Come on. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Washington's like, we don't need infighting. Like, we're literally fighting another country right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he sends Hamilton home. Do you think that he sent him home because he knew that he had a kid? Based on the musical, I'm not 100% versed on this in as far as the actual history, but sure. based in the, you know, on the musical, he did note that. Yeah, yeah that's that's how him. it seemed. So because when he gets home, he's like, "You got a kid on the way. I'm not putting you in command of an army." <laughs> yeah, it's like go home to your pregnant wife, see your son be born, cool off a little bit, Hamilton. Because here's the thing that is very clear. Duke was a little bit of a pain in the ass. Hamilton? Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't shut up. No. He, he was a thorn in everyone's side. Yeah. Um, because cause he just had so much motivation to better his station in life. Yeah. I mean, I think that... And brilliant mind. Oh, Truly. Yeah, brilliant mind. And again, in the, in the musical, they make it seem like that was even taken into consideration with him marrying Eliza, her being a Schuyler sister. She comes from a name that is very well received and that if he marries her, that would up his station. Yeah. Schuyler was a, you know, an upstanding person. He, their father was a New York Senator. Yeah. That, and that comes in later when Burr unseats him. That's kind of adds fuel to the fire of that rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was it was really really cool. I personally thought that the music um, did a lot for telling the story. I think because they yeah. were rapping so fast, they were they were able to get in a bunch of information pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a ton of info dump. But because once again, because they're rapping, you said they can kind of cover a lot of territory really quick. Whereas yeah. in a traditional musical where it's all singing. <laughs> It would take a lot. 
it would be a lot longer to get across as much information as they did. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is, it? it's kind of mechanically, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I think the whole thing was very smartly done. Yeah. I like there's a scene after that um, because, you know, he sees his son born. Um, and then Lafayette talks Washington into bringing Hamilton back. Um, but there's this awesome scene where they kind of go more into Burr and Hamilton where they use the spinning or uh, not spinning thing. Uh, they essentially do like a split screen on stage and they use the oh, lighting to accomplish it. About the, the Theodosia song. Yeah. Where Burr is singing about his daughter, Theodosia. Yeah. And Hamilton is singing his song about his son. Who's being born. Uh, Philip. Yeah. I believe. And it's this, it's this really beautiful scene where you get to see these guys who ended up being adversaries. I mean, for most of their political careers, you get to see that they really, you know, we're not so different, you and I, like like that type of thing. Um, they are, you know, at their core, both, it really humanized both of them. Yeah, you got to see a nice parallel between the two. And honestly, it wasn't my favorite scene, but it might have been my favorite song. That Theodosia song is beautiful. It's incredible, yeah. It's it, it's beautiful. way different than the rest of them. That's one. There's no rapping in that one. Yeah, that is more of a traditional musical, and <clears throat> the accompaniment on that one is just a really, um, it's kind of this like bouncy tune with just a like just the piano and it's very light instrumentation. Yeah, it's all about just making the world a better place for your kid. I think that's the whole purpose of the song. So when I was watching this with Ashley, all right, Freya was sitting down with us and I would look over at her during that song and I started tearing up. Yeah. <laughs> Can't like, see in the to, cradle in a silver spoon. Yeah. So like, like <laughs> I, I saw her and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't look at my daughter right now. Because <laughs> she's just watching it. You know, and, and that's, that's a thing where you just see uh, – all of the potential as a parent, like you just kind of get it when you look at them and you're like watching them smile. And it's, it's such a, um, a fulfilling feeling. And it's like a thing you can't, I think in, there was even a line that Hamilton said in it where he's just so filled with emotion. He can't even contain it. Yeah. That's such a true statement, man. Yeah. It's, uh, Oh, that was such a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah no, that one really is. And I believe that's the one that leads into intermission. Ye yeah, I think that you're correct. <clears throat> because that's kind of the end of the first act. At that point, uh, the Americans have won. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go USA. And, and then, goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn right. Yeah. Um, so then at the second act, we pick up with, now we've won our freedom. Now we're a country. Now we have to figure out how to do it. We have to figure out how to govern. Yeah. In And not only that, figure out how to govern in a way that nobody has ever— we're trying something different than nobody else has ever done, ever, in the history of all time, ever. Right. Like, they took ideas from the Greeks and from the Romans, but the American democracy was— Unlike anything else. And on such a grander scale. I mean, the size of, even at that time, the size of America, much bigger than Greece. Yeah. You know, it, 
it's a democracy at that scale, I think, is something that's very, very hard to accomplish. I mean, what, they call it, what, the Great American Experiment? I, it's called that for a reason. <laughs> you know why they call it that, folks? It's because all of the founding fathers shared, they, they did have a lot of differences. We kind of lump them all together. But, and that's one of the things that this shows is that they had, you know, infighting and differences and different ideas about how to go about it. Mm-hmm. Here's the one thing that they all had in common. None of them thought it was going to work. <laughs> right. But they did it anyway. Yeah. It's but they were like, trying. we got to give it a shot. And that's another theme that runs through this is like this concept of legacy and this concept of making something greater than myself. Yeah. Leaving something for people in the future, mm-hmm. um, which is it's kind of it's kind of wild to think that they had such foresight, like the actual guys that they had such foresight. We don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to lay the foundation so that the future can figure it out. I think it's a different breed of person. Dude, it, I, oh my like god! One, it just it's so wild to think about what was done in that time. This play really made me i mean it's something that every time that i really think about it i'm like this is just amazing like absolutely amazing that this even happened in history it's wild but this play really brought that out on my end watching it It it's crazy to to realize what was done yeah that's another thing i love about this show is that it kind of touches on two things one the story of hamilton which is not just really hasn't been told he was never a president so he kind of gets lost in the shuffle when you're talking about founding fathers. People always focus on like the first five revolution presidents, you know, Washington, yeah. Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe. Monroe yeah. You know, that's that's what people think about. Franklin gets thrown in there too. Well, yeah, Ben yeah, yeah. Benjamin Franklin. So those are really at least grown up as for us as kids, those were really the ones we talked about and learned about. And even that really Washington, Jefferson, Monroe, or Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Adams, and Franklin. Yeah. Fuck Madison and Monroe. Yeah, no one cares about those presidents. <laughs> like, like really. Um, so, but not only does it dive into Hamilton, somebody's story has been kind of lost to history, it also, it's really just kind of a retelling of this very tumultuous and important time in american history too and and dives into it into like the nitty-gritty and pieces that people don't think about is like somebody had to figure out how to make a bank and you know (laughs) people had to figure out how to govern it wasn't just everybody got into a room and they said okay this will be the president and then we'll have 50 senate or we'll have 100 senate members or two senate members and then more people in the house like all those things were hammered out and figured out over time and they changed and it took them yeah. years and years to, to do these things. And then they still changed. Well, um, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. I, I think the cool thing about this and when you read about things in history, often you read about the end product. Like we had the Federalist Papers, we had the Constitution, we had the war, but all of the nitty gritty that goes into making the Federalist Papers or the moment, like you were saying, after the war, we're like, okay, now we won. Now what? Yeah. That internal struggle, often when you read history books, 
those are kind of skimmed over and because because history books are worried about the important impacts right like what's the impact of yeah, of these things what's the plot point yeah essentially well, yeah whereas this dives into what was the day-to-day that made that plot point happen yeah and I, all that stuff is recorded um it's just typically we just care it's less only about history it. dorks that that are yeah. you know what i mean who uh, who actually like read and study that stuff. So this takes it and makes it palatable yeah. for your average person. Even a dum-dum like me <laughs> can enjoy it. <laughs> or me, who referred to this as the Civil War last episode. <laughs> Art teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, I think probably one of my favorite parts about this comes shortly after intermission. It's when... The actor who plays Lafayette comes back, and now he is playing Thomas Jefferson. That's quite a quite a switch. And he comes back, and now it's time for his first cabinet meeting. He, he gets <laughs> he gets uh, approved by Congress to be to be one of Washington's secretaries. Mm-hmm. I don't know what secretary he served as. You know, he's been in France living it up. He comes back, and now it's time for his first uh, the first cabinet meeting. And they essentially do a rap battle to kind of yeah. tell the story of Hamilton and Jefferson squaring off. Yeah. Because yeah. these two butted heads. Pretty hard. Pretty yeah, quickly. And often. Yeah. 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 That was a very cool thing. Um, I enjoyed that. And again, honestly, it's a pretty apt analogy because they would just completely diss each other in front of all of Congress. Like they'd stand up and they'd say, you suck. And this is why you suck. And then they'd make fun of them in front of everybody. So seeing that parallel of old Congress and transforming that into a rap battle, I think was so apt. It was such a cool (laughs) thing to do. So great. Yeah. Yeah. They do such a great. And at this point they're basically arguing, should we, should we make a bank? You know, uh, Hamilton's whole thing is he's like, in order for a country, we need to have credit. We need to have money or else everybody's just going to be poor. Yeah. You know, and Jefferson used it as a leveraging um, because they felt like the, the South took a lot of the brunt of the war and that essentially the Northern States wanted to tax their whiskey. And the thing they they were essentially like, you guys want to prop up the entire country yeah. based on just the South uh, by taxing us in the South. That was kind of their position. Yeah, and it seemed like they wanted to focus more on the state-to-state governance rather than a federal government. Yeah. That, that's kind of how it seemed, whereas Hamilton was more like, well, no, if we do this as a big country, that's going to give us prosperity in yeah. the long run. Exactly. Yeah. So, and Hamilton, Washington, Adams, Hamilton, they were the federalists mm-hmm. and they kind of believed in a stronger central government. Um, and honestly, once again, they were figuring things out like Washington and Adams kind of wanted the presidency to be more, to have more power than he did. And then like you had people like Jefferson and Monroe, uh, the democratic Republicans who, yes, Democrats and Republicans were the same party at one point. <laughs> well, that's um, that's an interesting... And, and they were they wanted less federal power, yeah, that's essentially. An, that's an interesting thing because, because Washington stepped down 
after two terms as president. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting insight in that he thought that the presidency should ultimately have more power, but he still stepped down when term limits weren't a yeah. thing. Yeah, they were they they were still figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. Cuz well, and keep in mind Washington was trained by the British. He was a commander in the British military. He was like all these guys, all of them, they were wealthy, mo not all of them. Most of them were wealthy and came from wealth and could be considered nobles, I guess, in you know, in different vernacular. Mm -hmm. Um so Washington was raised up in that school of thought and he saw the he saw the benefit of that of having a strong central figure so and that was kind of the primary difference is the federalists believed the federal government should have more power the democratic republicans believed the states should have the power yeah and then washington did step down hamilton actually his and he was probably a little bit more so Hamilton believed, they don't touch on this in the, the musical, but he believed that senators and the president should be should be elected, um, but they should serve for life. Huh. But he said they should be as long as they do their job and they're not corrupt. Uh, he, he was the one who wanted to include the idea of impeachment. Yeah. If somebody does something they're not supposed to. But he did believe in life term limits hmm. for presidents and for senators because he felt like people would have more skin in the game if they held the office for life yeah um what jefferson and monroe did that once again they don't touch on this in the musical is part of them you know one of the things them trying to needle him and essentially discredit him he was labeled as a monarchist mm. yeah. um and that and was essentially became like a pariah yeah. Be because of that, because he had the belief that these, you know, they essentially, it was early political smearing. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, this guy, he wants another king. This fucking crazy Hamilton. He's a, he wants another king. Yeah. Oh man. Let's see. Uh, we'll get back to the musical. Sorry. We went way history there. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. What's another, what's the next scene that we next? I think the next one. big scene really is his son's duel. That plays a pretty big role. Oh, yeah. That one's... And I like that one because they bring back the rules of the duel. Mm -hmm. But then they, you know, they change it. Right? They, right. Hamilton's son, Philip, is now a grown man. 19. Yep. And he's all excited. And I forget what exactly happens. But he gets into some type of kerfuffle. I think it's somebody talking shit about his dad. I think you're right. Because at this point, uh, Hamilton has been disgraced. Mm-hmm. Because essentially he had an affair while his wife was away in upstate New York. This was during the time when he was writing the Federalist Papers trying to get the Constitution ratified. He essentially helped this woman. She brought him in and uh, seduced him. It was kind of his, you know. His, his side of the story. His side of the story. Yeah. Um, and then she seduced him multiple times. <laughs> Darn he that kept, harlot. He kept going back. <laughs> You know, and one thing they did establish well is he was a bit of a tomcat when he was a young man. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, sleeping with this woman while his wife's away. That woman's husband finds out about it, blackmails him. He pays, you know, he pays the blackmail. Mm -hmm. At this point, when Washington is stepping down, Jefferson and Monroe and Burr are essentially trying to get him out. So they kind of dig this up on him, and they're like, 
we see you've been spending money that you never like, where is it all going? It's from multiple accounts. And they're essentially accuse him of stealing money from the government. Yeah. At which point he has to come clean with them that he's been blackmailed. And then to get ahead of the scandal, he (laughs) he writes to the papers and says, Hey, look, everybody, I was blackmailed (laughs) because I cheated on my wife and I'm a good guy, all right? I didn't steal money from the government. I have principles and morals. Yeah, I only cheated on my wife. (laughs) I only had an affair. So he's disgraced, and then somebody's talking shit about his dad. So his son is like, well, obviously a duel. (laughs) Clearly, yeah, that's what we do here. (laughs) And at this point, they do mention, uh, they do kind of touch on the, fact that it was illegal in most places yeah they they have a line where they're like everything's legal in jersey (laughs) so they go across state lines to new jersey to have the duel yeah and hamilton tells his son he mentions about what you need to do is actually just shoot up in the air yeah so most duels this is how most duels ended people would actually get to the duel and then you would turn around when it was time to shoot. Um, you would just point your gun in the air and shoot up in the air. Yeah. They're fucking idiot. Like, they're dorks, most of them. Like, most of the time, <laughs> duels didn't end in somebody getting shot. Yeah. Well, they, it was common practice to be essentially like, I'm good. Just shoot up in the air. Like, it, beef is squashed, right? Yeah. I wonder how much of that came to, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm ready to kill you. I'm ready to murder you. Let's do it. Let's duel. And then when you get there, you're like... I could die. <laughs> yeah. So like, a lot of duels ended that way with somebody just raising their hand to the sky and shooting to the sky. Yeah. And also they're using flintlock pistols. Not very accurate. Not very accurate. And most of these guys were not like soldiers. Who, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. oftentimes duels didn't end in people actually getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> but. But this one. But the. Hamilton family cursed, I'm sure. (laughs) Two for two, baby. Yeah. So Philip has a duel. He gets shot in the ribs. He dies. Yeah. I think he, does he die from sickness from it? Yeah. Or? I believe, yeah. Like he gets infected. I mean, basically all infections from being shot or all deaths from being shot were infection. Yeah. In in that time, no penicillin is just... Right. You get shot, it's getting infected. Yeah, and it was rare to and bleed. infections almost always meant death in the 1700s. Yeah. Yeah. You know who sold that scene, though? The woman who played Eliza sold that whole scene of, of her son dying. It's heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking. But, like, Lin-Manuel, I think he did a very good job. I think he was, he's obviously very talented. Um, But I think that, to me... Eliza really stole the show. I, I don't remember who the actress was. Her name is Philippa Sue. Okay, well, she was great. I think that she was the best talent on the on the whole show. She's incredible. Man. I thought she had a great voice. I thought she was very believable. Um, I pulled for her character through the whole thing. She is a true pro. Yeah. Like, she is so talented. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And... I guess the death of their son really kind of makes them come back together a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then time passes and you kind of see that they're, they just kind of go away. 
and they just buy a house upstate. They just kind of hang out up there and they live their life. They get out of the spotlight and they just, um, you know, they spend time with each other and kind of rekindle their, their yeah. marriage. Because effectively what happened is Burr and Madison and, and uh, Jefferson, they, they won. They effectively, yep. they disgraced him. They made him a pariah. And then he was forced to come out and tell everyone about this affair, which just ruined his reputation. He essentially ruined, ruined his political career. And then his son dies. Because essentially, I think that came about from Burr unseated Eliza's father. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Philip got into some kind of argument with somebody. And they, you know, said uncool things about Hamilton, about his father. Um, but at this point, yeah, Hamilton is out of the spotlight. He's out. At one point, people thought he was going to run for president. But now he's he is not going to. He has to rest on the fact that he created the Bank of America, you know, essentially helped the nation come. Yeah, not much. (laughs) (laughs) Not not much. Not very significant. Yeah, fully. And I love the line in there where Jefferson is like, um, you know, I don't like the man, but I have to give him credit. He created a banking system so intricate that even I couldn't destroy it. And I tried. <laughs> um, yeah. So then you get, uh, you know, he's basically in obscurity, but people still care about his opinion. So Adams takes the presidency, obviously, after Washington. Yep. Generally not loved. Um, Adams is a thinker. I, I hate that he's not in it. That's the only thing I don't like about this musical is Adams. They don't even have somebody play him. Yeah. Adams is almost certainly the smartest of the founding fathers. Like, yeah. Oh, he brilliant fucking man. Not a good leader. Not a good, not good at uh, speaking. Uh, he essentially very rarely addressed Congress. Um, or when, and when he did, uh, it was not particularly effective. It, he was not a great delegator. It, just not, he, he just wasn't fit to be president. Sure. Just not meant to be a leader. Didn't right? have those skills. Yeah. So after his term, it comes to Jefferson and Burr. They essentially come to a stalemate. The Electoral College is tied. And so they go to Hamilton. And Hamilton gives the nod to Jefferson because Jefferson stands for something. Yeah. And Burr has always been a fence sitter. He always. has switched parties. You know, he was originally a Federalist. And then he joined the Democratic Republicans to unseat his father-in-law. And then now he's running, you know, running against Jefferson. Like he was happy to switch parties, and essentially Hamilton was like, he doesn't stand for anything, so I'll back Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, that's that tells you a lot about the kind of person that Hamilton felt like should be in the office. They one thing about most of the founding fathers, they were men of principle. Yeah, they they truly were yeah they will not steal from the nation you can see all kinds of quotes about because all these guys worked together and in many cases did not like each other but they would always give props where they were where they were due <laughs> yeah no like you to hear a lot of times there's many quotes you can read of being like well i didn't like his policies but damn if he wasn't brilliant yep yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot to be said about people who are like that and and who can 
who can agree to disagree and then find honor among those that they disagree with. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, but Hamilton could find no honor with Burr. <laughs> <laughs> you milk toast fence sitter. Yeah. And then so yeah, Burr challenges him to a duel and then you have another duel scene. Yeah. And Hamilton does the same thing he told his son to do. Yep. Which was uh comes time for the duel, he puts his arm up to shoot in the air. Boom, takes one in the gut. Why didn't you learn from your son, buddy? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, and I, I liked the uh, the whole parable of taking his shot through the entire story. Yeah. Right? Because that was a common theme is I'm not going to miss my shot. Or I'm not. I, was that the phrase that it was? Or is that is that the slogan? Like, I'm not going to miss my shot? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So So then with that. I think historically that was a f- slogan that was used about Hamilton's death, about uh, not taking his shot when it came to actually the duel itself with Burr. Because I was I was looking up some just some stuff about Hamilton and his death with that. Because while I'm watching this thing, I'm curious. It's very very entertaining. Music is great. I think it's uh, very well choreographed. Written. Oh, the line is, I'm not throwing away my not shot. Not throwing away my shot. Um, there and you go. he wrote, before the duel, he wrote an explanation of his decision to participate while at the same time intending to, quote unquote, throw away his shot. Yeah. So I thought that that was a really cool way to take that line and put it narratively yeah. Through his, his and story. Build the entire musical around, around it. Around it. Yeah. yeah. And you don't even realize that's what they're doing until you get to it and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. I thought I thought that was really, really cool. I thought that was really, really cool that they did that. That's yeah, right. And then I one of my favorite scenes is this the last one, where once again you get Eliza. Oh, and all the things and, that she accomplished. And she well, and she's singing about legacy and yeah. about Hamilton, about how we have to tell his story. Mm-hmm. And that really was, once he died, that was the role she took on, is telling his story. That kind of became her mission. One of the things I love about this uh, show also, there's not a huge roster of female characters in this. It's basically Eliza and Angelica. Yeah, those are the two main, and the harlot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) And Peggy has a little spot in there. Yeah. Um, But specifically, Eliza and Angelica. Yeah. Oftentimes, I think people look back in 1700s, and obviously women did not have the rights that men had. But in the circles of uh, kind of the, the ruling elite, um, you know, the founding fathers, women played a much bigger role than I think people sometimes realize. I think it was often um, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, like, uh, for example, I was talking about, like, Adams. So John Adams' wife— uh god why can't i remember in any case his wife was a huge like she was constantly like (laughs) trying to like address members of congress and stuff like that and had a really big hand in trying in politics Hmm. so the wives of these of the founding fathers they had a lot of political power themselves and oftentimes women were getting together you know at this point in time the abolition movement to get rid of slavery, this was already happening before the Revolutionary War. People yeah. always think, it, oh, the Civil War is... No, it was 
when they were putting the country together. Yeah, they weren't agreeing on that. They were not. Yeah, the, there were already people saying we shouldn't have slavery. Yep. And then there were, there were already women, you know, fighting for suffrage, saying, why is it only men are created equal? Why can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I like that they kind of, there's a couple lines where they kind of talk about these things. Um, specifically, Angelica says about Jefferson writing, all men are created equal. I'm going to tell him to put women in the sequel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I like that how big of a role Eliza plays and how big of a role Angelica plays. Yeah. Because even though the wives of the founding fathers don't really play a big part in our history and the way it's told oftentimes, they actually, if you look into it, they actually really did have a large hand in, they helped shape policies and they helped uh, take part in the political process as well. Even though oftentimes they couldn't vote and they weren't really part of the process. They still, <laughs> they yeah. still managed to take part. I, I really, really enjoyed hearing about all the things that Eliza did afterwards and how she was like, he died. He being Hamilton too young and look at all the things that he wanted to do, but didn't get to do just because of his untimely death and, you know, taking that mission on and continuing his legacy, but then also doing a whole bunch of things beyond that. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that that was really, really cool seeing all of that. Because, again, as little of, about Hamilton that I knew, I knew even less about his wife. <laughs> I didn't even know that his wife's name was Eliza. <laughs> yeah, how <laughs> you <know>? could you? <laughs> so, so it was just – it was cool seeing all of that. And uh, I thought that – I don't know. I thought that it was a really neat way to experience this story. And I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that it was just really, really well done. Awesome. I really did. It's obvious that it, there's a reason why it's such a, once again, is a phenomenon. Yeah. It took the it took the <clears> world <throat> by storm. I can see why. And for, I'll tell you, probably for like two years, people would be like, Hamilton, Hamilton. And I knew the name Hamilton. <laughs> and I knew that it was like the most popular musical in the world. Yeah. But same as you. I didn't even know it was about Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. I just figured it was about <laughs> some dude named Hamilton. Some random schmo. Uh, yeah, it's probably about Joe Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's about that time. Let's go ratings. Michael, yeah. what are you thinking? On a scale of 1 to 10 rules of a duel. Mm. Okay, let's see. I think... That uh, I'd probably give it a a solid eight and a half or a nine. Uh, it was really, really, really good. I yes. really enjoyed it. Um, the only thing that I would gripe about was, and this is not just with Hamilton plays, even the Harry Potter musical. I think they can be a little bit long, and I and I think that this one was a little bit long. I know that that's why they have an intermission. I get that. Yeah, but. The length of it was just a bit much for me. I get that. Yeah, this is definitely not a not a thing I'm gonna view regularly. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, yeah, it's definitely you. You gotta set aside some time. It's like what you, two and a half hours. Yeah, or something? yeah. I mean, that being said, I think that that's a small gripe because it the whole thing is really really well done. Yeah, it you know it taught me quite a bit about history. I'm presuming that what is in the story is fairly accurate 
to, uh, to anything I've read and it, to the best of my knowledge, yes, it's pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah. And, and I never knew that the founding fathers would just have rap battles in the middle of Congress. The fact that that happened. Amazing. Well, they were cabinet meetings, but. Oh, OK. Yeah, All right. But that that's they only rapped during the cabinet meetings. Oh, OK. Yes. So not like actual Congress sessions. Yeah. OK. So there is a historical inaccuracy there. Yeah. But um, but other than that, I'd say it was pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. In, in in all seriousness, I really did enjoy it. I thought oh, it was very excellent. very cool. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> yeah, a lot more than I thought I was going to. I yeah. thought I was going to go into this and be like, because eh, then I I heard there was a musical. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll see it eventually. And then I heard. It was a rap musical, and I'm like, mm, maybe not. But it was much better. And then you heard it was about Alexander Hamilton, who created the U.S. Treasury, and you were like, "Sign me up, folks! Sign <laughs> yeah, me course. up!" <laughs> uh, no, it, I think it was very well done. Choreography, great. Music, great. I think the casting, great. Uh, that's my hot take. So it, it's it's really really good super super solid if you haven't seen it for some reason i'm pretty sure i'm the last person on the earth at least in the u.s who has seen this <laughs> um, it's quite possible um, uh you should check it out for sure and do it in two sittings there's an intermission you can have that be your cliffhanger for the night yeah you know but um it's it's worth a watch for sure this is one of those i recommended and i was like he's gonna like it there's <laughs> yeah. there's some where it's like like Clockwork Orange, where I'm like, I have no idea how he'll react. Yeah. Or ones like Crass, where I'm like, I'm sure he'll hate this, <laughs> right? But then there are ones like this, where it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to like it. He's okay. going to like it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I really wasn't that worried for this one. But, yeah. Uh, in any case, what do you got for me next week? Um, So I've got a couple things in my mind. Uh, I Have you heard, have you heard of a little anime that takes place in space? Oh, God. It's uh, called Cowboy Bebop. I have. I've never seen it. Yeah. I, I watched a little bit of the live action remake. Oh. The live okay. action with John Cho. Uh-huh. I I it just didn't it just didn't grab me. Okay. All right. So I will say that the live action was not received very well at all. Uh on are, the are has any anime live action ever been received well? Uh, I, there is, so there's one, uh, that I can think of. Dragon Ball Z Evolution? The best version of Dragon <laughs> Ball Z Evolution. <laughs> so good. Uh, that guy from Shameless, he did, he was such a great Goku. With Emmy Rossum from Shameless? With all, <laughs> that's right, she was in that too. Yeah, she's Bulma. Yeah, oh man. God. You Gosh. Know, I've always said... Like I, I kind of actually enjoy that movie. Not at all. I, I no. don't think it's good. It's not. But it's fun. But it's I really not. watched it. <laughs> I, I rewatched it recently. Yeah. And he is just bad. So bad. It's so bad. I don't think that the person, the people who wrote and then directed that, I'm pretty sure that they didn't watch the anime or know anything about it. Pretty sure it was an instance where they're like, okay, here's the name Dragon Ball Z. Here's Goku. Here's Piccolo. Um, everything else, not going to worry about. Let's write our own thing. All yeah, right, they folks. just looked at the like still pictures yeah. of the characters, and they're like, yeah, that's who that is. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, so there is a, a movie series of Rurouni Kenshin, 
I don't know if you're familiar with Rurouni Kenshin, or sometimes it's referred to as Samurai X. That was a mid-90s anime, maybe maybe late 80s anime. Anime is pretty decent. The movie is awesome. The movies are awesome. Okay. So, well, it probably helps that nobody's ever heard of that fucking anime, so well, <laughs> there's I, nothing in, to compare it to. In, in anime circles, Rurouni Kenshin is a pretty popular one. Okay. It was like... Toonami era animation or Toonami era anime. Okay. I don't know if you remember Toonami from Cartoon Network. Of course. Yeah. But um, dude, I'm a Trigun diehard. Oh yeah. So, and I know Cowboy Bebop was also kind of during that era. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop is so yeah, we're gonna watch the anime. But I never I never saw that. Yeah, we're gonna watch the anime, not the live action, although we could watch the live action to compare it. But um the anime is cool, dude. It's the epitome of of space cowboy it's such a such a yeah, cool thing seven, no yeah i you don't have to entice me i've seen i've seen like pictures from it sure and from everything what very little i know about it is that it's once again like space it's like space bounty hunters or something right basically yeah yeah so uh so, yeah that's everything i love yeah i figured so i'm fully i'm okay. fully in to watch this okay good. this is one that's been on my list for a long time and cool. i just never got to yeah i in fact me recommending i knew that you're not like an anime guy but i also thought maybe you would have watched this one because it's not very anime like classic anime tropes are kind of not really found in this one in my opinion cool so i like anime selectively but uh i'm the same i have some animes that i absolutely love yeah most of them i think i think they suck i had a list i had a list it was going to start with cowboy bebop and if you had seen that then i had some more because we haven't covered anime on this show yet so i figured we got that's true i mean kind doki doki was kind of anime themed just just a little bit just a I mean, just a touch. Yeah, but it it's wasn't in the like same a, realm anyway. Sure. Yeah. There's there's a, a crossover in that Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. So yeah. Uh, next week we're gonna get into some cowboy bebop. Where am I? Uh, how much am I watching? Uh, it's only one season long, but it is 23 episodes. Yikes. So don't feel like you have to watch all of it. Um, I don't know. Episodes are 23 minutes long. They're not hour long episodes. So watch, I don't know, what, four is what we normally do in something like this? Yeah, yeah, we'll start, we'll say, I'll definitely, if they're only 23 minutes long, I'll definitely do 10. Okay. For sure. I'll do 10 for sure. All right. And then if I like it, I'll keep watching Keep it. watching it? All right. First 10 episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, we're going to get into it next week, folks. On Hamilton, what do you guys think? Uh, actually, what do you guys think about what I think? Because I'm pretty sure you guys love it. The rest of the country loves it. Um, is there anybody that doesn't like Hamilton? That's the uh, real question no, I'm sure of the day. There are people, yeah, there's people who dislike everything. Well, I mean, they're wrong. But so, even if you don't like the musical, do you like Alexander Hamilton the story? How about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Get up to date with your history, folks. Yeah. It it was the Revolutionary War, not the Civil War. <laughs> Get it straight. <laughs> so. Even if you don't like the musical, read about Hamilton. Enrich your life with some culture, you swine. Yeah, spoiler alert, (laughs) we win. (laughs) So, um, yeah, next week, Cowboy Bebop. Until then, as always, you get wrecked. Stay wrecked. Good night, everybody.